What's up, you guys? It's your girl, Rachel Joy, a.k.a. The Singing Chef. Um, forgive me, I have a cold. Um, one of the unglamorous things about living in New York City is that since everything is so dense and everyone is so close together and there's so many people, I think there's like 10 million people in New York City right now. It's gone up 2 million since the pandemic hit, so MSE is not dying. It is actually growing and with that um it's easier to get sick i this may be the third or fourth time i've gotten sick in three months um so yeah but um that's why my voice is not as mesmerizing or melodic or or carrying as it usually is um but yeah i've learned to definitely hold on to tea and uh you know uh not coffee, but like cough drops if I can get them, or even just uh, like vitamin C supplements. It's just it's just really important to keep my immune system healthy, um, health is wealth, and I find that the New York City environment definitely challenges me to make sure that I am very fit physically. Um, so yeah, I definitely wanted to just let you guys know that. Um, yeah, so today we're going to be talking about um, we're going to be breaking down. So the theme of this season is, uh, my album, The Singing Chef, which is coming out Valentine's Day of 2023. Um, of course, Valentine's Day is the 14th of, of February. Um, and uh, the album is already pretty much loaded to the distributor. We have a couple more songs I have to load up on there. And, um, within the next couple weeks, there should be a pre-order, um, for the album. So, <clears throat> so I definitely am looking forward to that. But in the meantime, you guys, I definitely want you guys to just hear more of these breakdowns of the songs, of the story behind the song, or, um, you know, kind of the inspiration behind it. Um, we do have a couple of guests that will, that I'm going to be bringing on um, later on in the season. Um, I have to get those contracts settled um, before I can bring them on to the show. But I definitely um, want to pretty much talk about this specific song. So if you guys are on my Instagram, you may have heard a, uh, a sample, not a sample, but like a, a clip or a preview of uh, The Fall of Man, which is a spoken word poetry um, segment that I have over a, uh, a, a, a um, an instrumental beat. Um, I'm sorry, somebody's talking real loud in my office. I don't know who this is. Um, but yeah, basically, um, you know, it's definitely something where um, The Fall of Man actually started out as a poem on my blog. And um, if you don't follow my blog, it's The Singing Chef Writes is the official name. But the website name is rachelludejackson.com. It's very simple. rachelludejackson.com, R-A-C-H-E-L-U-D-E-H-J-A-C-K-S-O-N.com. Um, so real simple. If you want to check out my the writing aspect of my brand, um, where I post um, a lot of a lot of my entrepreneurship content does really well on there. When I post um, very tips and tricks and stories on maximizing your success and your productivity and 
the height of your career when you're starting from when you're new to the entrepreneurial scene or all that good stuff all the stuff posted on there but um i also post things like recipes and uh poetry and prayers on um on that side as well and uh the fall of man it was inspired by no church in the wild um, which is a song years ago by Kanye and Jay-Z. I don't even listen to Kanye or Jay-Z anymore. But um, there's a specific part where it says, uh, uh, who's a king to, who, wait, who's who's a king to a God, who's a God to a non-believer? And um, I thought that was so interesting because, you know, I have witnessed that among people. And it went from a religion spirituality type of poem to a poem all about sexual sin and um i'm not going to make this a necromancy episode but um the person who i wrote the poem for he um well not for but who i wrote the poem about um when it came to the sexual sin and you know how relating that back to eve you know in the garden of eden eating the apple um that person died you know that person died last year um his name was jj um his government name was james Jarrell mccants i think that was his full name um he was, he was um somebody that i knew from church um and we um I guess you could say we dated. We were mainly friends. We were friends with benefits, um, but we had a very close, intense, emotional connection. And we had sex one time that he waited for many years to get the opportunity to do. And, um, you know, I slipped up and I just gave in. And, um, you know, I was very emotional and I learned a lot about how unhealthy it is to be sexually repressed as a church girl. Um, So I think a lot of times in the church, we tend to um, try to make up for our sinfulness or to think that righteousness is repression. And that is not the case. Um, You know, the devil talks about do what thou wilt. You know, that's very popular in the Luciferian um, doctrine, um, whatever they believe over there. And it trickles over to anything that's not Christianity, whether, I mean, look, I mean, you look at the Catholics. I mean, they're, they're like, oh, we worship Jesus, but we pray to Mary and we pray to Teresa and we pray to, you know, to, uh, St. Francis or whatever, or we have saints for this and saints for that. Well, that's the same thing as do with thou wilt. You're just dressing it up in a bunch of, you know, uh, kind of Gnostic Christian language. Um, you know, and all of that is related to the fall of man. Again, going back to what's a king to a God and what's a God to a non-believer. The Lord Jesus Christ means nothing to a non-believer because the world isn't seeking him. And, um, you know, I felt that weight on me, um, when I had, when I wrote that, uh, when I wrote that poem, um, in fact, that I don't know if I have it with me. I can't pull it up right now. But, you know, it talks about, you know, your love is my scripture. And, you know, these are my sins. Undress me. And you know, it, it's a, I would not advise anyone to, to play that song or play that poem around children. Um, it's not explicit, but it is um, it is a very intense sexually. Um, and, you know, I learned that. I am a sexual being and that women are sexual beings, but 
it's important to, you know, to have that consent. And I think the the thing that made me feel, it's a shame because I felt guilty for having consensual sex with someone that I was very um, emotionally connected with and emotionally invested in, um, who was my friend, um, you know, and it's sad because I think it's glorified in our culture um, for, for and, I'm, and I'm not promoting premarital sex, I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is, you know, it's promoted in our culture. Um, it's promoted in our culture to take away consent. You know, like I, you know, it's promoted in our culture for women to be, especially black women to be promiscuous and strippers and thoughts and street walkers and red light districts. And, you know, oh my gosh, like the, 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 the hoe up come up thing or whatever, that is, that is a thing right now that's glorified. Right. And the thing that people ignore is that, you know, strippers and strippers are prostitutes. Let's get, let's get that all the way 100 because strippers, a lot of women think oh, I'm just going to go shake my behind for some cash. No, what, what you're going to do, you're going to make some money on the stage. Um, but you make the real money in the private rooms and in the private rooms you give head in the private rooms you have sex or in the private room you give head and then you negotiate to go back to a hotel to have sex um don't ask how i know <laughs> i lived a whole different life um before um before i became a chef and i became a chef very young i became a chef and i was 21 years old but i lived a whole different life <laughs> before i got about them streets um, in Louisiana, um, I, and I, and I'm not saying I was one of those, I'm not saying that I was a, oh, sorry, it's my phone, let me put this on, um, on silent. I'm not saying I was uh, a stripper, but one thing I do know is I've known a lot of strippers, and to be honest with you, yes, I was a former, uh, prostitute, and so I can, I can tell you very much so that, you know, us, you know, the former prostitute, as that I am, and I, I know, what goes on with the strippers and what goes on with the bottle girls and, and and what goes on with you know with those i've just seen the darkest sides of what goes on on the corners and with the pimps and you know and it's like y'all be it's like y'all think it's cute to say oh i did when times get hard i'm gonna go shake my behind in a club you know what that's asking for something to happen you're asking to get you know sex, sexually assaulted you're asking to have to experience the depth and the weight of the fall of man and you know when I wrote that poem um it was written from a place of intimacy but also guilt because you know I when I became a chef I also became celibate and I did not have sex at all for many years and I joined the church and I became a gospel singer. If y'all have heard my other interviews on, you know, in other places, then you've, you know, you you know, you know my story. You know, I, I became a gospel singer and I was originally an R&B singer because I was while I was hooking, I was an R&B singer and I was in college, and um, you know that was my life. And um, you know, it just is what it is with that. And then eventually, you know, I became a gospel singer, got out the streets, I stopped hooking. Um, and by and mind you, I had I I didn't have I had a pimp at one point, but um, you know, I uh, I I was what they called a renegade prostitute, where I was like, forget having a pimp, I don't like this, I'm gonna be my own pimp. 
and um, I pimped myself out. Um, and I, you know, set my own terms and whatever, whatever. And people think that's cute. It's not cute. It's not cute at all. It is, it, it, I guess my, my view of sex was so tainted. And when I, when I became intimate with JJ, I started to experience the beauty of sex, but it was tainted by the guilt, the guilt of the, the life that I had before and I had not dealt with that guilt. I had not properly dealt with those feelings and moments of sexual passion and freedom and liberation. I mean, I'm, they'd be transparent. I hadn't even done cowgirl with a guy before then. First of all, I hadn't had sex. Like I think I might have had sex maybe like once or twice. You know, I, I couldn't freely get on top of a guy before that and with him, I wrote the mess out of him for about an hour. <laughs> so, so this is an explicit episode. Do not, <laughs> do not, you know, I'm sorry, Apple. You know, I'm not trying to get banned. I might have to go change those settings in Apple. Um, but the point is, I thought that, oh my gosh, this is so demonic. Why am I doing this? This is so sinful, you know? And the reality is I felt emotionally safe and he had thorough consent. He spent about a good hour getting consent you know over and over and over because he knew that um he knew enough about me that that I was sensitive and that I was sweet and that you know it's like he treated me like like the way I deserved he didn't he didn't treat me like an object he treated me like a person that he cared about and I felt like well let me give you my body but he was also very flawed. He was a drug dealer. If he, and, you know, if you wonder how he, how he died, he got shot. And I warned him he was going to get shot. You know, uh, of course, me being the church girl that I am, and the sh- and you know, Hope's Kitchen eateries was taken off at that point. I didn't want to go back to the streets, so I told him, look, I can, I, I can't help but get out of the streets. You know, I'm about to leave Louisiana. You know, I, I can't be doing all this. Um, you know, and I warned him, you're going to get shot. You know, and uh, he did eventually. He did. And um, he died, and um, it's unfortunate. But you know, the the poem basically shows not just my relationship with JJ, but also my relationship with men in general. Because the good thing, and I think this is where what people aspire towards, and they say they want to go shake their behind in the club, um, freedom freedom from oppression sexually um because towards the end of the poem you know you hear you'll hear me say you know i'm yours as long as i want to be and that's what essentially you know the women are doing to a certain extent who are you know prostitutes or strippers or whatever and i still had that mentality for a long time not necessarily with sex but emotions I had convinced myself that men didn't have hearts. I had convinced myself that, you know, I had convinced myself that I didn't, that I convinced myself that emotional unavailability, you know, at least 60% of the time was okay. And, um, you know, I actually, it wasn't until I met my current boyfriend who was the opposite of any guy I've ever dated 
um, super church guy, real, like, real spiritual, heartfelt, loving God. Not perfect. Definitely not perfect. He has his issues. I'm not putting his issues out there right now. I'm not doing that. But he has his issues. And, um, you know, he he was so kind and so gentle, you know, that... But I was in denial. I told myself, I was like, you know what? I don't care how gentle this guy is. The gentleness is an excuse for me to, you know, make myself look single, make myself appear single, maybe even, you know, uh, attract the wrong attention or, or, or in, entertain the wrong attention. Um, you know, because he doesn't have a heart. I mean, look at him. He's a guy. Guys don't have hearts. Guys are rapists. Guys are this. Guys, that's what I thought. And um, bless his heart. He's been with me for, for three years. And, you know, it, for over over three years, three and a half years almost. And, um, you know, we, we worked through those issues, um, you know, and it took us visiting that same place of temptation and you know, we both had our temptations, you know, from, he had his, his temptations with, you know, with sex, and I had my temptations with infidelity, and um, we had, we were forced to talk, and were we perfect? No, but we were forced, you know, to, and, and we, and the thing about it is that this time, he had left the church, and I had left the church, we did, we both weren't going to church, and, um, he didn't pray as much and I was praying, but you know, I mean, it was hard when I'm the only one praying in the relationship, you know? (laughs) So it's like, um, you know, I remember, uh, we both had our, uh, Eve with the apple experience. Um, you know, and I remember I had a conversation with my pastor. Um, I still had a pastor. Like I still had a relationship with him. And even though I wasn't going to church regularly and, um, I brought the situation to him and he told me that you shouldn't be in denial that sexual temptation exists and you shouldn't be in denial that you won't be sexually tempted. It's just a matter of whether or not you bite the apple. That is what we can control. We, we, we can control whether or not we bite the apple. And it's not, and there's a, and, it's, and even with me and my current boyfriend, are we sexually active? Yes. Do we enjoy it? Absolutely. Do we fulfill each other's sexual desires? Absolutely. Are we both satisfied? Yes. Do we have a healthy sex life? Yes. But we've dedicated it to, a th- first of all, I made him wait a year and a half because I refused to have sex for marriage and just be willy nilly with my body. I was like, no. But, we had we started having sex with the understanding of we have to at some point get married uh, if we're sexually active. So it was it was a consensual thing of you know we're going to pray together. Sometimes we'll get up from the bed after we've had sex and you know you know hold hands and pray um, and seek God's guidance to make sure that we don't fall too deep into the pleasure. Um, you know, because the Bible does say that it is better to marry than to burn with lust. Mind you, says it is better, right, than to burn with lust. Meaning, God 
basically, I, I think it's, I don't know if it's 1 Corinthians chapter 7 or 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It's one somewhere around there, 1 Corinthians in that area. I always get the chapter mixed up, but I know that it says it is, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. You know, so I think it's it, it does start with that touch, you know, and biting the apple, you know. Um, you know, it started off, it always starts off with um, a look, a look in the eye. And then it always, you know, and eventually it can graduate to a touch and a touch turns to a kiss. And then by that point, it you have to let you have to let the tape roll out. And and you know, so that's why the Bible does say that. But I guess to go back to my, with me, and my boyfriend, um, we we sought God's guidance, and God was like, we will. God was like, I will give you grace. Um, as long as in your heart and through your actions, you work towards engagement and you work towards marriage, um, you know, and we pray and we include God, like me and him had a relationship check-in recently where, you know, we, we had some issues, we worked through them and, um, we recognized that the thing that keeps us together is not just grace, but it's a soul tie. It's not just any soul tie because I've had soul ties in the past. And, you know, I mean, you know, of course those go away after a while, but this soul tie is different. It's a soul tie that when we're not communicating and when we're not present and when we are literally at risk of never moving forward ever again, God, somehow make sure that we are on each other's mind and he puts he puts people on our path to push us close together or sometimes he would divinely intervene and put us in the same room when we weren't expecting it so it's like i've just noticed that it's like what the bible says what god joins together no man can separate and that's the opposite of biting the apple of, of sexual temptation. And notice I'm not saying that, oh, we're we're just avoiding. And in the beginning, yes, at the very beginning, oh yeah, he refused to he refused to stand next to me. He was like, nope, no, no, no. Have enough room for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> like, like they say in church. You know, he, he refused. He used to have constant erections around me and he would really try to hide it real hard. Uh, <laughs> whether it be driving in a car, sitting in a room, it's like he kept trying to cover it up. Um, again, the suppression. It'd be years into the relationship, he would be afraid to tell me that he was erect. Um, when we were, you know, when when we're not being, you know, when it wasn't necessarily like we were in foreplay, it was just more of like we're having a conversation, like some of my voice sounds and I can just tell because I know him. I'm like, hey, are you are you hard? He's like, yes. Why 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 should I tell you? I'm like, because I'm your girlfriend. <laughs> we're we're sexually active. So again, sexual repression is not a, the way to avoid the fall of man. That's what I'm trying to say. You know, and I'll wrap up with this. You know, just don't bite the apple, but don't be fanatical. It's that simple. It's that simple. You know, people take the fact that Jesus was radical out of context. You know, rat, being radical doesn't mean being a fanatic. Um, I think that's vanity. Um, the Bible does say that life is vanity, you know. Um, and and when, when the Bible says that life is vanity, it's basically saying that the issues of life and the... And the the, the craziness of life is usually rooted in vanity. 
And that is a common theme. I mean, look at the temptation of Eve in, in the Garden of Eden. It's, it's the same thing that you hear in Buddhism, the same thing you hear in Catechism, same thing you hear in Hindu. It's essentially the same thing over and over and over again. Take this hidden knowledge and you will be like God. I will make you through this knowledge like God. You yourself will be like God, you know, and, you know, you surely will not die. You can do whatever you want, you know, if you just, you know, follow this rebellion, you know, that's essentially, whether it be through an idol, whether it be through necromancy, whether it be through um, some type of breaking of the commandments. I mean, it, it, that's the, and Eve had to have felt a certain level of vanity to be, to think that she could be like God. So a lot of times it doesn't have to necessarily be like some type of worshiping of a person, place, or thing. It doesn't have to go that far. It's just mainly vanity. So I want to wrap up with saying that sexual repression is not the solution. In fact, sexual repression is a form of vanity and it is a sin. Um, you know, I, I'm one to... You know, I'm one to promote learning how to be healthy sexually because from a Christian perspective, because the devil is out here saying that being a hoe and being a stripper is sexual positivity and that being promiscuous is sexual positivity. No, that's another form of do it thou will. That's another form of vanity. And it's another form of saying, hey, do this and you'll experience positivity if you just sin, right? And if you and you'll have no consequences, which is a lie. The devil is a liar and the truth is not in him. I don't care if it sounds right, it's not right. You know, because the devil does play on how things sound. That's <laughs> please, I mean that there's that's so common, it's not even funny. But um just, you know, you guys, I just want to encourage you today as I wrap up, don't bite the apple, but don't be vain. You know, I think that's the, I opened myself up with all of my flaws in the fall of man in that poem. But I want you guys to hear the lesson of, even though I was giving my body up to pleasure, which was healthy, very healthy. I did it in a way where I should have maybe just opted out for self-pleasure instead of giving myself to someone that I knew I wasn't going to marry. That the vanity was so thick and detailed with that. You know, that's the mistake that I made. Um, But, you know, we learn, we grow in grace and um, repentance is real, you know, and there's light on the other side, guys. There's light on the other side. Um, you know, the Bible says that, you know, when Jesus came, you know, he would crush the devil's head, you know, and, you know, he would bruise our heel, but Jesus would crush his head. And um, it's just that simple. It's just that simple. And I encourage you to imply those patterns of thinking and that truth to your sexuality that is true sexual positivity and that's coming from a former prostitute that's coming from you know 
yeah, I mean, it's coming from a former prostitute, you know, of true sexual positivity. And I'm not, I'm not preaching at you. I'm not guilting you. I'm not telling you. No, I'm telling you, find your way. Find your way to true sexual positivity. And it does not come from repression. Because if you, if you repress your, sex, your sexual feelings and thoughts, the devil will send um, someone to tempt you and to exploit you. In fact, that's how I became a prostitute to begin with. It's one of the reasons why I became a prostitute to begin with. I mean, you know, I was very repressed and, and guilted and confused from all that repression and that was sent a, uh, sent a pimp my way who I didn't know was a pimp to show me some very advanced sexual activity that I was young I didn't know any better and if you got any college girls listening they're all on those college campuses guys be careful it's not real sexual positivity. It's going to lead you down a road to be fallen. But real sexual positivity is embracing the liberty and the beauty of sex and what it has to offer. Because trust and believe, there's some married folk out here that get no pleasure from their sex life and they are not winning. Okay. All right, so that's the breakdown of the fall of man. Be sure to get my, uh, make sure, pre, be sure to pre-order my album on iTunes, The Singing Chef. Um, you know, uh, be sure to follow me on Instagram, Rachel Uday Jackson. Um, be sure to, uh, you know, listen to my album, stream my album when it comes out on Valentine's Day of 2023. So I love you guys so much and take care. Mwah. Have a good day.